for all things sports, the hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, and every personal takes. You're listening to Sideline Story. Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I am your host, Brandon Yates, and today I am joined by my co-hosts, Yang Guang and Tian Yu. And today we will be discussing the Badminton Sudirman Cup going on in Suzhou, China. And there's been some fantastic action happening on the court. And Yang Guang, I'll start with you. Um, what do you make of Chinese shuttlers' performances so far at the Sudirman Cup? And are you optimistic about their title hopes as the action progresses at this awesome tournament? Uh, well, the Chinese players are um, very much just uh, keeping the consistency they have been showing in badminton. Uh, but there were also some flaws, which I think if they can't manage very well, their title defense could be impacted. Uh, facing Egypt, China didn't meet uh, much of a resistance, and Denmark, they didn't send their best men singles player, Victor Axelsen, uh, at the group stage, and China also won quite easily. And Denmark also hit their best women singles player. Uh, but against Singapore, though it's another 5 to nothing win, the whole process of the Chinese team's matches, though, didn't look as easy as the, the scoreline reflected. Uh, the world number one mixed doubles pair Chen Sui and Huang Yachun almost uh, lost China's opening match. Um, it really took Chinese fans by surprise because everyone was expecting a rather easy match for them. Uh, then again, in women's singles, He Binjiao was not playing her level um, against Singapore's Yao Jiamin. Uh, she seemed very nervous and uh, she also admitted after the match. My opponents played really well in the opening game and I told myself to not be nervous and I still got quite nervous on court. We're very experienced players but at home, especially in front of my home crowd, I really want to perform my best, much more than I did before. Well, I think um, part of the reason why certain Chinese players didn't quite deliver their best and at the group stage is that their time on the court was not consistent. China sent uh, Feng Yanzhe and uh, Huang Dongping in the mixed doubles against Egypt, then switched to Zheng Siwei and Huang Yachun. The same uh, in the women's singles, He Binjiao replaced uh, Chen Yufei in the second match. Perhaps it um, compromises uh, a bit each individual athlete's game form, and it caused some slow starts. Uh, but I think things are still under control. I understand that Team China wants to elevate every player's form to the best, so when it comes to the semi-final or even the final, China can select appropriate shuttler according to the opponent's lineup, and every athlete would be ready to step up by them. So I'm not too worried about Chinese players. Um, the team has great depth with many talents available for each category of matches. So um, yeah, I'm very optimistic that China can defend its title at the Sudirman Cup, especially uh, the team plays in front of the home crowd. Yeah, I think home ground advantage is always a, a massive bonus for anyone that's competing at this tournament. And yeah, it sounds like there's been some mixed results there for uh, Team China. But like you said, I think as we approach the the latter stages of the tournament, I think things are looking pretty good. And I think you have every right to be optimistic. And we just have to hope that 
you know, the individual and team performances of Team China can, you know, be the at their very best. So I think that there's still definitely some, there should be some optimism and things are looking pretty good at this stage. And yeah, we just have to hope that we can see some more success from Team China as the Sudirman Cup progresses. Um, Tianyu, from your side, what do you think of the Chinese shutters performances so far? And are you also optimistic about their title hopes? Well, I think the Chinese team has been really unstoppable in the Sudirman Cup, which is one of the badminton's biggest tournaments. China has won the mixed team tournament a record 12 times, more than any other country, including the last two editions in 2021 and 2019. Team China secured a relatively easy 5-0 victory over the team Egypt. And as for Singapore, they have 2021 world champion Loki Yu, and earlier, the match between him and the current world number one, Victor Alcesen from Denmark, has been really intense. But Singapore didn't choose field uh, long when playing against China in the men's singles, which made Shi Yuqi gain a comfortable win over his opponent. And Denmark might be the strongest among the three teams, but they also didn't choose to use their best players when they had already got a seat in the knockout stage. So the Chinese players dominated the group stage without dropping a single match. And even though they haven't encountered too much difficulty in the group stage, still I am happy to see that they have kept good form and the performance of some young players like Li Shifeng has been quite good. And this year, as you, you guys have said, the tournament is being staged in Suzhou. So we've got the advantage of playing in our home stadium and we can hear thousands of fans blowing horns and shouting encouragement to our players, which can provide a big boost to our morale. But that doesn't mean we can rest assured that the Chinese team can defend their titles easily, because the stakes are higher than usual at this year's Sudirman Cup, as performances will count toward qualifi qualification for the 2024 Paris Olympics. So that means every team is fighting for higher points, and the real test is in the knockout stage. Having said that, I'm I'm still certain that it's very likely that the Chinese team can retain their title as we have so many great players at our disposal. We have Tokyo Olympic women's singles champion Chen Yufei, world number one mixed double Zheng Siwen, Huang Yachong, and world number one women's double. So yeah, I think the hopes for the Chinese team to, to defend their champion's title are still quite high. Yeah, just hearing about Team China's success in this tournament over the years is absolutely incredible. I think they've been dominant for, like you said, over a decade. And um, yeah, this particular tournament, look, I think some of the international competition has definitely um, gotten better and there's definitely a lot more challenges than maybe Team China had been used to in the past. But like you said, I think there's some really talented individuals and teams that are looking to really perform at their best. And I think, like we've already mentioned as well, being in front of a home crowd and the fact that Olympic uh, Olympic qualification is also on the cards. Look, there is some pressure, of course, being, you know, having some number one ranked individuals and teams playing in front of the home crowd and the Olympic qualification. But at the same time, I think that also hugely motivates um, a lot of these athletes so I think we just have to see how the tournament progresses and just hope for the best for Team China. And I think that, you know, Chinese fans have the absolute right to be very optimistic about 
numerous athletes that are taking part. And I think that we are going to see the very best from Team China as the tournament progresses, like we've said, and also as that Olympic qualification looms. I think it's a very exciting time and a very important time. And, you know, I've just, well, uh, you guys have also mentioned it, but I've also mentioned that some of these, um, you know, up and coming nations, particularly, you know, one or two Asian nations and also um, a couple from Europe, are prov providing some uh, competition from the usu usually dominant team China. So just looking at this particular tournament and maybe even going into the Olympics, um, Yang Guang, who would you say are the biggest threats to team China's title defense uh, for the Sudirman Cup and potentially going into the Olympics next year? Uh, well, I think it would be Japan. They have the women's boat number one, Akeni Yamaguchi, and uh, men's world champion, Kento Momota, even though Momota has withdrawn from the Sudiaman Cup, the emergence of Kodai Naraoka filled the void. Um, he has been improving rapidly lately and uh, has cracked into the top three in the men's singles world rankings. Japan is also very strong in the doubles matches. Um, the last Sudiaman Cup, China defeated Japan 3-1 in the final to take the title. And this time, Japan must have made a more adapt adapted plan if the two teams meet again. However, um, I have to say that the Japanese team survived to nothing lost to South Korea in the group stage was quite a shock. Um, that includes women's world, uh, world number one Yamaguchi's trade game defeat uh, in the women's singles. That defeat must be an overshadow for Japan's Sudiman Cup ambitions. Uh, then speak of South Korea, uh, they might not looking among the strongest teams at the tournament uh, from the roster they have, but after whitewashing Japan 5 to nothing with four straight game wins, no one would underestimate this squad. But um, um, as things stand, um, at this stage, knockout stage, there's nothing to guarantee, like in the match between Japan and Thailand. Japan had the advantage um, in the women's singles, and uh, Thailand expected to have the advantage in the mixed doubles, but uh, uh, each team have really targeted strategy over the opponent's strong category, and uh, they won in these categories matches. So it's really nothing to expect that precisely from the knockout stage. Yeah, I think, you know, anything can happen at this point. And I think, you know, um, it does create, I guess, some tension for Team China. But at the same time, I think just overall for the sport and just for the fans' excitement, I think having the increased strength from opposition teams is a very good thing for the for the global sports in general. And look, I think this is something that Team China have probably been preparing for. I think that they, they've known that, you know, certain nations have been increasing in strength, and I'm sure they've been keeping their eyes on certain nations and individuals and teams. And I don't think that it's anything that Team China couldn't handle. Um, but I mean, like you said, I guess that will be seen when we get to the latter stages, to the knockout stages, and even going into the Olympics next year. So I think that there is... Um, a lot of eyes and a lot of expectation on Team China, not just because of their current success, but just because of past success and past dominance. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I think it's also a motivating factor. And I think the increased strength of opposition is can also sometimes benefit past dominant teams. You know, it can just realign their focus and, you know, also lead to them not becoming complacent. 
Um, Tianyu, from your side, who are you thinking are the biggest threats to Team China's title defense and also potentially looking at the Olympics going into next year? Well, I've got to say the Asians are pretty strong in badminton. Team Japan has been seen as a favorite for this tournament and maybe the strongest opponent for China because they really have a very powerful squad. This time, like like Yang Guang mentioned, they don't have former men's singles world number one Kento Momota, but they still got world number three Kodai Naraoka and women's singles world number one. But it is this Japanese team that just lost 5-0 to Team South Korea, and it has definitely been the biggest upsets in the tournament so far. So this is why we should keep an eye on Team South Korea. They don't have very strong players, but they are very resilient and coordinated as a team. When the South Korean player An Se-yong beat women's singles world number one Yamaguchi Akane, she said that the biggest reason that she could win was that uh, she, had, she had always been watching and analyzing Yamaguchi's competition videos after losing to her so many times before. I think with their efforts, resilience, and the willingness to learn from their opponents, Team South Korea, the four-time Sardinian Cup champion, is going to pose a major threat to Team China's title defense. Yeah, look, I definitely don't think it's going to be smooth sailing for Team China, but at the same time, I think the increased strength of this opposition is going to focus them. And yeah, I think Chinese fans definitely should be optimistic. And we, of course, wish Team China all the best as the Sudirman Cup progresses. And of course, as we approach the Olympics in 2024, and of course, we are also hoping for the best for Team China with regards to all of the qualification opportunities going into that year. Um, Yang Guang, we've already mentioned that China has won the Sudirman Cup an incredible 12 times, which is the most among all participating teams. And just from your perspective, what do you think are the reasons behind China's badminton success, not just over, you know, the last decade, but I mean, just for years and years on end, I think it's been internationally known that Team China has just been the dominant badminton nation for, for so many years. Uh, yeah, I think it's um, it's the mass participation. It really definitely um, plays a role. Badminton and table tennis are the most popular sports in China, and it turned out that China is doing extremely well in the two sports. My own experience is that um, badminton venues can be found almost everywhere in the city of Beijing, and it's always packed. Uh, I used to play badminton with a bunch of my colleagues uh, regularly every week, though I, I myself don't play that well. Um, I see the chance of a uh, workout because I must say badminton can be really exhausting uh, playing it. Um, anyway, from, from my side, this badminton enthusiasm is massive in China. You, can, you have to book the time slot of a court one week in advance, even if it's, uh, it's a weekday even if it's at night. And this arena with dozens of courts would be packed with players on different levels, and some of them are really good. Uh, there would be also coaches who train children or adults learners. Uh, this lays a very solid foundation um, for badminton development in China because from the mass participation, you can uh, scout and find promising talents who can later become professional players. And the huge pool of players means tough competition environment, which brings the best of the best. Uh, it's the same logic for football in England or basketball in the US. 
Uh, another reason behind China's success in badminton, I guess, is that、um, it's a sport more about skills.、Uh, yes, it's also a game about endurance, power, or speed. But at the end of the day, who has the best skills wins in this game? Chinese athletes. Can work really hard on polishing their skills, just like、uh, what they do in table tennis. So I guess、um, it's an aspect Chinese athletes have particular advantages.、Uh, talking about successes, there's a well-known story within the Chinese table tennis team. A national team coach told a player, actually a top player, "You are not the only choice we have here to win a world title." Rather, it's a chance the team offers you. We have so many replacements to consider who can also easily win the world title. I I think this also applies to the Chinese badminton team as well. Yeah, look, I think mass participation is a massive factor, absolutely, and also,、um, you know, the skill set that、uh, Chinese players develop over the years, and that's something that they、um, focus on. Is also something that's incredibly important. And I just think, from a global perspective,、um, you know, just coming from South Africa,、um, you know, China is one of those countries that is internationally known for their absolute dedication to certain sports when they, you know, are selected to represent their national team or, or are identified from a young age. I also think of the likes of,、um, you know, Russia or the United States. Um, for sports like、um, badminton or athletics, or you know specifically, you know individual. I know there's doubles and mixed doubles and so on, but you know particularly for individual sports like like that and badminton, the likes of China, Russia, and the United States are, are just known for having the best coaches, the best dedication, you know, and just having that winning attitude. And I think that also, like you said, is a massive factor in、um, you know some of the success that China is has had in sports like badminton. Tianyu, from your side, what do you think are the the reasons behind China's badminton success over so many years? Yeah, I I think first of all, Asian people have naturally gained an edge over other people's body wise in this sport. Badminton requires flexibility and agility, which many Chinese players tend to be endowed with, and that's why this sport is so popular among the Chinese public. Just like Yang Guang mentioned. We just love playing badminton, and you can always see people playing it on various spaces, such as schools, sports stadiums, the streets, and homes. So it has been a recreational activity for many, and the country does doesn't have to struggle to fill its national team because skilled players are spread out in every part of the nation, with a deeply ingrained badminton culture, as well as effective talent sourcing and grooming methods. China has already established a mature training system for professional badminton players. You can see there are thousands of sports-centered boarding schools in China that receive substantial funding from the government, and these schools can offer quality training facilities and world-class coaches for these players. So yeah, with a huge talent pool, a professional training system, and big amount of investment from the government. We have been seeing a surge of talented badminton players in China over these years. Yang Guang, when we look at、um, the men's singles division,、um, you know, in badminton and Team China's dominance、uh, over the years in that particular、um, area of badminton, do you think that men's singles is potentially on the decline for Team China, especially after the legendary Lin Dan's retirement? 
Uh, yeah, it seems like uh, there's a huge gap between the current players and the golden era of Chinese players. Um, it's almost commonly agreed. Victor Axelsen of Denmark is now the best men's badminton player. Then the top players, Li Zijia from Malaysia, uh, Japan's Kento Momota, Indonesian Anthony Siniska Jintin. Chinese players are not in this list. Uh, yes, China's Shi Yuqi or Li Shifeng can beat these top-tier packages once or twice, but it's not really difficult for them to win a World Tour title or even reach the final, not to mention their slim chances in big events like the Olympics or World Championships. And actually, it's not only the men's singles, China's men's doubles quality is also declining. Uh, China has got the... Overall strength to win the Sudiaman Cup, but in individual disciplines, especially in men's games, China's dominance is no longer there, as in the Lin Dan era. But I don't think it necessarily means the Chinese team went backwards. The rest of the world has actually improved tremendously. I think for the sport of badminton, it's rather a good sign.、Um, it's also another start for Team China because in such competitive environment now, there will be definitely. Emerging young talents that can reach the level Lin Dan or his predecessors reached, and even go beyond. Yeah, I think, like we've already mentioned, I think the increased success of、um, other nations is going to push Team China for further success. I would think. I think it's actually going to motivate them and inspire them. And yeah, we just have to hope that some youngsters come through and can take on,、um, you know, Lin Dan's, of course, legendary status in the sport of badminton.、Uh, Tian Yu, from your side. Yeah, I think we can say so. The highest-ranking men's singles player Shi Yuqi currently stands at the tenth place in the world, and he has been troubled by injuries for quite a long time, and his performance has not been very stable lately. And another player, Lu Guangzhu, who ranks number eleven in the world, is also facing a similar dilemma. The twenty-three-year-old Li Shifeng is a rising star among these players. He just won the England Open Championship by beating Shi Yuqi in March, but yeah, he's still young and needs more competition to prove himself. So we haven't seen a Chinese men's player in the men's singles that can be as dominant as Lin Dan in the international stage. Yeah, but the good thing is that we can still see fresh blood injected into the squad, and they need a win over a strong opponent. To get established, like Yang Guang said, and hopefully we can still see the rise of the next Super Dan in Chinese badminton. Yeah, look, I think as time progresses, I think we will definitely see some、um, men's single superstars eventually emerge from Team China after Lin Dan's retirement. Look, I think it'll take some time to replace his and some other legendary、uh, Chinese men's singles,、uh, you know, legacy. But yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before it does happen eventually in the future. Tianyu,、uh, just looking at international sports like football and basketball, I guess that badminton, you know, doesn't really compete with a lot of sports internationally. But of course, like we've already mentioned, it is a massive, massive sport in China. But why do you think badminton is less popular than other global sports? Well, I think one of the major reasons badminton is less popular than any other sports is that it has a relatively lower media presence than most others. Many people still perceive it as kind of a niche sport and mostly limited to a few Asian and European countries, and many simply see it as a family-friendly entertainment game rather than a professional sport. 
So a lack of public attention has made badminton featured in only a few sports channels, and this is typically only during the Olympics or during major badminton World Federation organized events. So it is hardly the focus of sports news in many countries.、Uh, that means there aren't as many famous athletes in badminton with less visibility than other sports. Badminton athletes just don't enjoy the same level of exposure that. Than athletes from other sports have, you know, most people can identify LeBron James, Cristiano Ronaldo, or Roger Federer, while only Chinese people and a few badminton lovers know who Ling Dan is. I think maybe badminton needs more visibility, and so that more people can come to realize that it is also a highly competitive sport, just like any other popular ones, and the competitions can also be very fun to watch. Yeah, look, I'd have to agree. Badminton is definitely very entertaining to watch and even more fun to play. So we just have to hope that it gets a lot more visibility on the global stage as the years progress. And of course, the Olympics is always a great opportunity for that to happen. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us, and of course, we will be back next week with our latest topic, and we'll see you then.